to them it was worth it. So it just made their life simpler. They didn't have to track the receipts. They didn't have to provide their receipts to the CPA for tax preparation. They just said, look, we're just gonna put our cash into the donor advised fund. We're gonna make all of our gifts from it. And then we get a one page report from the donor advised fund we use for our tax prep. Our life is a lot easier. Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. Well, it's time for another edition of Retire Smarter. Great to have you along with us today. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, Southwest Florida, and the greater Pittsburgh area now. Kevin, uh, we are excited to chat with you today here as we wrap up our final show of 2020. How has everything gone for you the last couple of weeks as we get near the end of the year here? Well, I, despite how bad things are nationwide right now with uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic, uh, we're actually, Krosky family is doing pretty well. You know, we have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old in the household, and uh, Christmas kind of has a new meaning when you have young kids. So, I mean, you're, kind of you're re- like in the prime right now, right? Yeah, I, our seven-year-old is like over the moon, like Elf on the Shelf is just the best invention <laughs> Ever, I mean, she is like you know all into it. And are you doing uh, the like change positions every night? And do you guys get into like the creative settings and all that kind of stuff? So this morning, the elves had this wacky idea to go ahead and hang from our kitchen island light and build a little swing made out of an empty toilet paper roll. So yes, nice. my and I have to give all credit for to my wife for this. She she, she really. She really, you know, takes that ball and, and runs with it. And um, it's just such a fun time. And, and I did the lights. So you kind of have to do that as a dad, particularly when you have young kids. We, you know, for years before we had kids, my wife and I just got away with like putting little candles in the, on the windowsill. And then you have kids. It's like, Daddy, look at those lights. Daddy, how come we don't have those lights? <laughs> And we, so we, we need that those red and green dots that fly all over the place and, you know, really trip out your senses uh, projected onto the house. Right. Well, that's <laughs> that has made it a lot easier. But um, I, I did. I put in a, a Saturday and kind of got the base built and said, you know, it really looked better if I went back to the store, and bought a little bit more. But the thing that we found this year is it seems like, you know, within the covid era that we're in right now. You know, everybody's doing more to their homes. And it seems like the same thing is true for holiday decorations. So it was a tough, tough time to find some of the things that we were wanted and were looking for. And, and we went shortly after Thanksgiving. I mean, it, I don't even know if it was December yet, but my wife and I went shopping, had a sitter to take care of the kids. And, and we were able to get dinner together and do some of these uh, Christmas shopping items. And I mean, the, the, the aisles were barren. It was, um, we, we, we look respectable, um, but uh, it, was, it was a bit surprising to us for sure. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, I can imagine people have been buying up all sorts of things. I know we, I tried to buy like an office chair earlier this year and they were all sold out. The, um, it took us like six months to get a couch delivered for the office, uh, for, for my home office. And, uh, and then like a, I got a desk just in time. But then I looked later just to see if desks were available, and the the selection was super limited. So, not surprised to see some of the holiday decorations kind of follow suit. But yeah, it's so fun to hear that you're in the prime time with the kids. Of uh, these next several years will be very fun for you. Uh, you know, this time of year with them getting into it, and you know, December I'm sure will fly by for you every year with 
Elf on the Shelf duties and decoration duties and all those kinds of things. Speaking of flying by, so my two-year-old has uh, this thing. She's like, pretty lights. And she, just the way that she says it is, is so cute and adorable. Well, we were running late to get my oldest to tennis practice the other night. And so yours truly was going a little too quick down uh, the road outside of our community. And uh, apparently there was, uh, there was a cop that was Uh-oh. parked and <laughs> turned on its lights. And though pretty my two-year-old, two-year-old had been saying pretty lights, the Christmas lights, when she saw the red and blue, she went, she, at first she said, pretty lights, and then she heard the horn, and then she said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been scripted any better. And thankfully, the officer uh, couldn't have been kinder, gave me a warning, just asked me to slow down. And uh, so we got to tennis practice, albeit about 15 minutes late, but pretty lights and then uh-oh, it was, it was perfect. Oh, that is. That's fantastic. Well, good stuff all around. And uh, things have not just been busy for you from a uh, home standpoint and the holidays and all that sort of stuff, but uh, work has been busy as well. We talked recently on a recent podcast of obviously the, uh, you know, uh, the bringing in uh, the new merger and growing the team a little bit. That's been very exciting for you. And this time of year, as always, business-wise, gets busy with end-of-year reviews and planning and those sorts of things, right? Yes, lots of tax planning, lots of cash flow planning. We're really wrapping up our busy season here and we'll uh, kind of close the book on the year uh, about a week before Christmas. But uh, fourth quarter is always quite busy for us. So a lot of things to do. And for today's conversation, I thought we'd talk about some ways to leverage charitable giving. Um, You know, about studies show most Americans are charitable to varying degrees. And, And speaking from our client experience, I would say about 40% or so actually have separate goals within their financial plans to go ahead and gift to charity. And some of those amounts, you know, can can get quite large. We have, you know, several clients that are actually donating more than six figures per year, but many are, you know, a few thousand to maybe 10,000 per year. Certainly there's some tithing goals that people have as well. When you think about it, um, there's different ways to do it. Most people by default give cash and that's always the least uh, efficient way to do it, at least from a tax perspective. So I thought we'd talk through a few different ways to go ahead and try to enhance that giving. And the other thing I would say with the way that the world is this year with COVID, and there's still so many people that are being disaffected by this, uh, that uh, a lot of the charities, community foundations, what have you, um, really do need all of our help this year to help those people that are uh, you know, negatively impacted by COVID. So um, maybe we can all, you know, look to give a little bit more and, and do it tax efficiently with, uh, some of the things we'll talk about today. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, maybe more than in uh, any recent year, that's for sure. There's a lot of additional need this holiday season. So yeah, maybe that can be a rallying cry for all of us to be a little extra generous if it's, uh, you know, in our ability to do so this year. So yeah, Kevin, it's obviously going to be on top of mind for a lot of people, and maybe some new people will be entering the fray in terms of the giving world as well. What are some of the best ways that we can leverage that charitable giving and uh, some some things that we need to be thinking about here in 2020 especially? So the first one we'll talk about is, is just making direct gifts of stock or shares of mutual funds. So this would be uh, if you have an account, what we would call a brokerage account or a non-qualified account or another name for that would be a non-retirement account. So a joint account with your spouse, a trust account, an individual account in your name that you get a 1099 for you know, every January and maybe even a revision in February and March, the way that it's been going the last several years. But you have to pay. Uh, it's after-tax money. 
you know, some tax aspects that you have are, you know, you put in say $10,000 and then it grows to 20,000 over time, you know, you have $10,000 of cost basis, but then you have a $10,000 capital gain. And about uh, three quarters of our clients have these types of accounts. Uh, most money tends to be stored in retirement accounts, but you know, maybe people are maxing out their retirement accounts. Maybe they've inherited some money, you know, what have you. Uh, but uh, the vast majority of our clients do have these types of accounts. So whenever you're donating stock, you don't have to realize the capital gain uh, upon sale. So it could be a potentially kind of a, a, a twofold benefit. One, not only getting uh, an income tax deduction for the charitable donation, but by transferring the shares directly to the charity and then having the charity sell it because they, they didn't, charities don't pay taxes, you're going to avoid the capital gain as is the charity. So it's kind of doubly efficient when you look at it that way. And then the other thing I would mention is from uh, an investment perspective. So the market, uh, you know, after going down quite a bit in February and March, bounce back quite strongly. You know, certain parts have bounced back more. Some are, are, are quite expensive and have increased you know, a good bit. But if you're looking at just kind of prudent portfolio management and maybe pruning your portfolio rather than selling some of those shares that have done really quite well, you know, by going ahead and cherry picking the ones that are most appreciated and probably a little bit more overweight you know, from the targets that you want to hold them, cherry picking those and giving those to the charity not only help you get the tax benefits of the income tax deduction, as well as avoiding the capital gains tax, but also helps you bring your portfolio back into balance very tax efficiently. So that could be very important, I think, because um, a lot of people that that's a maybe a little bit harder than just the you know gifting of cash. It takes a little bit more maneuvering, right, to do some of those things. It can be just as effective. Yeah, that's a good point, Walter. So you know, most of the charities, I mean, whether it's your 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 local church or certainly you know the larger ones like a Red Cross or United Way, uh, they'll generally uh, have accounts set up at different custodians where it's generally as simple as getting a transfer form and transferring your shares. You do have to identify the shares. So uh, I guess one additional item here, let's say that if you have, you know, XYZ shares, or just say, let's just say it's Apple stock and you have, you've bought that Apple stock over maybe three different time periods. So you have what's called different tax lots of Apple. So what you would want to do is make sure that you specifically identify the tax lots that have the largest gain or I'll set another way, the lowest cost basis, and go ahead and transfer those over. So you have to be careful on how you're filling out the transfer form. It is a little bit restrictive in the sense that for any charity that you would want to donate to, you have to fill out a form for each of those charities and have to coordinate all that. Um, but uh, the operational hurdles aside, the increased efficiency that you get from a tax perspective by avoiding the capital gains tax and getting the income tax deduction is quite substantial. Okay. What other uh, charitable giving elements should be on top of mind? So where donating stock directly uh, works well, you can do the same thing, but uh, you can donate the stock into what is called a donor advised fund. So this is a fund that once you transfer shares or any sort of property into it, you are making a gift. It's an irrevocable gift. However, you are trustee of the fund and then you can dole the money out to qualified charities over time. Um, the stock, on the other hand, goes directly to the charity in the prior example, and they can do whatever they want with it. In the donor advised fund, um, you could donate, say, you know, maybe it's $40,000 in stock that you're putting into the fund, but maybe you only want to give out five or $10,000 per year 
to the qualified charity. So there, there are some distinct advantages uh, that you can avail yourself of from the donor advised fund because of this. One of them is, is kind of what I just talked about, and it, it's bunching. So whenever uh, the Tax Reform Act was passed uh, and you kind of look in 2018 forward, one of the things that happened is the standard deduction was raised substantially. So if you're just a married couple filing a joint tax return in 2020, your standard deduction or what you get to subtract from your gross income before you calculate your taxable income is nearly $25,000. When you look at that and the fact that uh, another provision of that tax reform was that you can no longer deduct any more than $10,000 in state, local, or property taxes, what many, many people are finding is that they're just not itemizing anymore. So if we go through a simple example, and again, round numbers, $25,000 standard deduction, and maybe you are you know, reaching that $10,000 cap in state, local, and real estate you know, taxes. Uh, so you're at 25, subtract out 10. Walter, what's the result? Oh, we got 15. You got it, buddy. Just making sure you're paying attention to me. Um, and so you got fifteen thousand. So you, if you, you don't, you were feeling charitable and wanted to give me a win here in the holidays. I appreciate. It's been that. a while since I put you on the spot like that. Yeah, you haven't to tested me lately. So, no, yeah. no, no. I'm slipping. I have to set a New Year's resolution to do more of that. That's right. Get the calculator um, ready. <laughs> but you know, if you look at that fifteen thousand dollar variance, and you know, what other things might you be able to deduct? Well, most people can't deduct their health expenses unless there's some kind of uh, really astronomical expense that they're paying out of pocket. Uh, but most people can't deduct that while you're working. Your premiums are deducted pre-tax from your pay. So you can't double dip and have those pre-tax and then take a tax deduction for it. If you're retired, you're paying with after-tax money. Uh, but there's still a pretty substantial hurdle rate uh, that you have to get over before uh, those those health related costs are are deductible. Um, you can have mortgage interest, uh, but you know a lot of retirees, particularly, uh, have their mortgages paid off. Uh, so maybe there's and interest rates are pretty low today too. So even if you do still have uh, some remaining life on your mortgage, one you're pretty far into the term where most of the money is going to principal and and probably quite little to interest, and the rate's probably pretty low. So. You know, maybe you're getting some benefit there from a mortgage interest, uh, but but most people aren't these days. At least most people that are that are at or near retirement. So if I go back to that example, and you know, 25 standard deduction, say you you know your property taxes and some of the state and local taxes you're paying fills up 10,000 of that, but you're capped there. Well, really, the next 15,000 dollars that you donate to charity. Uh, has no marginal tax benefit whatsoever. So, and for most of our clients, that that would meet their annual gifting goals for the vast majority of people that we work with. That's a pretty good chunk to give to to your church or to charity each year. And with tax reform, even though the rates tax rates are lower and the tax brackets are wider, uh, the fact that the standard deduction is as high as it is, it's really kind of harmed some charities from just a tax perspective and uh, people maybe not being as generous as what they had before because they're not getting an incremental tax benefit from it. So when you look at the donor advised fund, however, you, you, you're still going to have that same sort of uh, effect where the first 15,000 you know, is not going to do anything for you. Um, but uh, if you're, say, giving, you know, $15,000 per year and you look out and say, well, you know, hey, th this is something that's important to us. We've always done it. We're going to continue to do it. It's in our financial plan. Why don't we just go ahead and we'll cherry pick some stocks that have appreciated quite a bit. And maybe we'll put, you know, say four years in there. So we'll put in, you know, 15,000 times four or 60,000. 
we still lose out on the 15000 in year one. However, we get to take the additional deduction of $45,000 over our standard deduction. So we will itemize this year, and then we'll go back to the standard deduction for the next three years as we dole out our, our, you know, our four years of money over that time period. So that, that bunching allows you to just make a more efficient gift overall. It also brings the tax deduction in today. So the value of the deduction or the value of a dollar for that matter is more today than it is in the future by and large. Uh, so that bunching strategy really can be effective. A um, couple wrinkles to that too. We do this a lot for you know, our clients that are late 50s, getting ready to retire, maybe in their early 60s. And you know they're working, they're in their highest income years, their highest tax years. You know, they, they paid off their mortgage. They don't have the deductions that they used to. The kids are out of the house and what have you. And we'll say, look, you know, you, you're working, you're planning on working another three to five years. Let's definitely go ahead and put a lot more money in now while you're in a higher bracket. So you can go ahead and not only get the deduction today, but get it at a higher tax rate than what you're going to be in when you get into retirement. And then another wrinkle on top of that, if, uh, if you're a business owner, uh, there's something uh, that uh, was also included in tax reform called a qualified business income deduction. And that starts phasing out as your income goes higher. And it's possible uh, to potentially have uh, a marginal tax rate nearly as high as 50% when you're in that phase out range. So when we've gone through this with some business owners and saying, hey, you know, here's where it's kind of shaken out for you tax wise this year. You know, we see that you're giving some money to, you know, XYZ charity, you know, each and every year to your church or what have you. You know, if you, uh, because of the tax code and because of where your income's falling this year, if you go ahead and you fast forward and give a bigger contribution either to them directly, or if you do just want to kind of put it into a donor advised fund, get the deduction now, but then kind of dole it out over the successive years, you're going to be saving at a 50% rate because it's going to allow you not only to save it what it seems like your income tax rate is, but it's going to allow you to qualify for this additional deduction. And you would put those two together, it's nearly a 50% tax rate. So we've had some clients that uh, have made much, much larger charitable donations than that, what they historically have, because we've been able to go ahead and leverage the tax code and leverage some of these ways that we're talking about to make their gifts you know, more efficient. It's the same dollars to charity, but basically it's costing them less because they're getting more from Uncle Sam to go ahead and support it. And then finally, the last thing I would want to mention about the donor advised fund, you know, if you're donating stock directly, as in the first example that we gave, it's a transfer form every time, you know, you're going ahead, maybe having to do that for each charity. It can get a little operationally messy if you're looking to, to do it multiple times per year to multiple charities. It, it's a fair amount of work. In the donor advised fund, however, it's really you kind of you can do the gift. Uh, the money goes into the donor advised fund. Uh, you can continue to hold the securities in there or you could sell them. Again, no tax consequence because uh, it's in with, within this charitable fund at this point. Um, when you do sell them, you can leave some money in cash. You can leave some money in maybe a little bit more uh, conservative investment because you're going to be using it over the next few years. You know, if you're going to be you know, spending money or donating money generally uh, in the next three years, you probably don't want to have that in the stock market. Um, but the other thing, when you're using the fund it's after you get it set up it's just like using your online bill pay uh at your bank so you can have the charities in there that you use you know if uh you know say the donor advised fund maybe doesn't have your church you know it's it's relatively easy to go through and get a new 501c3 set up through their systems and then you could set it up where it's like a recurring payment maybe every month or every quarter 
or whatever works for you, or literally just kind of sitting down and, and doing a one-off payment to whatever charities that you want. It's just like paying your bills uh, when you log into your bank account. It's a lot easier than doing the transfer form each and every time, as we were talking about in the first example. Uh, we actually have a client where um, you know, they transferred some appreciated stock into a donor fund some years ago, uh, but they just found that operationally it made their life so much easier, even though they just put cash in the donor advised fund, they don't have any additional um, shares in those non-qualified accounts to contribute. Uh, to them, it was worth it. So it just made their life simpler. They didn't have to track the receipts. They didn't have to provide their receipts to the CPA for tax preparation. They just said, look, we're just going to put our cash into the donor advised fund. We're going to make all of our gifts from it. And then we get a one-page report from the donor advised fund we use for our tax prep. Our life is a lot easier. I, I can see how just from a organizational standpoint, it just feels cleaner once you get it set up to do it all that way. And I think you answered my follow-up question, but I'll just clarify. You don't have to have one of these funds set up for each charity you want to contribute to and help. You can have the fund then tie into multiple different efforts if you want. Yeah, you got it. And, okay. and these funds are available. You know, Vanguard has one, Fidelity has one, Schwab has one. You know, those uh, tend to be a little bit limited in terms of the investment options that you can select. Uh, we will use some local community funds or uh, local companies uh, that can actually be, you know, open architecture where we can use whatever investments we prefer. They're a little bit more uh, flexible with the kind of property that they can receive. We've been talking about donating stock, but you know, you can also donate um, real property. You could donate. Uh, life insurance policies, you can get fairly creative with the gifting. And a lot of the uh, the larger ones like uh, the Vanguard's, Fidelis, and Schwab's are very plain vanilla. So um, so we like flexibility. You know, most of our clients are, are well suited for just, you know, the simple stock gifts that we do on a regular basis for them. But we've had some cases where you know, we were able to add a lot more value by having more flexibility and then having a donor advised fund company that can go ahead and, and meet us where we needed to be and deal with some of the more complex property rather than simple shares of stock. Very helpful. I can see that that would be something that's you know wise to get some guidance on when it comes to a donor advised fund, but a lot of flexibility there and ability to accomplish some things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't be able to without it. So can definitely see the benefit for a lot of people. Uh, what other uh, do we things do we have to consider here when it comes to charitable giving this year? All right. So I said I had three. We, we went through yep. two of them. And uh, the donor advised fund was our preferred option uh, before 2018. So once tax reform hit, because of some of the reasons I already explained, we like it. Uh, we still like them a lot. But if you're age 70 and a half or better, and, and you have to be 70 and a half or better, you can't be 70. It has to be 70 and a half when you can really start consider using this. But uh, you can start using IRA money. So using IRA money, it's called Qualified Charitable Distributions, QCD for short. Uh, some other people will call it a charitable IRA rollover. Uh, but it tends to be really a little bit more tax efficient um, for most people, not not for everyone. And again, you have to be 70 and a half or better, but it tends to be the most tax efficient way to go ahead and give these days. And essentially allows uh, IRA owners 70 and a half or better to transfer up to $100,000 per year from their IRA or could be an inherited IRA directly to charities. And this amount, you know, it, sh it shows up on your tax return, but um, it doesn't really add to your income. So what I mean by that is, uh, let's just say $10,000 goes from the IRA over into 
uh, uh, directly to a charity. So it's not going into a fund. It's more like that first example on kind of donating stock. So it is a little bit more paperwork that's required here. But um, ten thousand dollars, you know, goes directly over the charity. You know, you're not adding the ten thousand dollars to your adjusted gross income on your tax return, and that's effective, particularly you know when you are in your seventies, you know, seventy and a half or better. Um, you know, if you're married filing jointly and your income is above one hundred seventy-four thousand in two thousand twenty, your adjusted gross income, you're going to have to start paying higher Medicare premiums. That's the Medicare income related adjustment. If you're single, uh, that starts at half that amount, so eighty-seven thousand, uh, which is not too difficult to go ahead and surpass. And there's different tiers uh, that the higher you go in terms of your adjusted gross income, the more punitive uh, the add-ons to the Medicare p- premiums become. And we have several clients that, you know, it's common planning where we're you know kind of working around these tiers. Uh, so even though tax rates are, are, are low right now. And with the way that the election panned out, it seems like we're going to have divided government and be able to retain those low tax rates for at least a few more years. Um, this Medicare income related adjustment is, is always something that you want to make sure that, you know, once you are on Medicare or actually two years before you're able to go on Medicare, that's, there's kind of a two year look back for the tax return that you're just managing your income and being mindful of um, not crossing one of these thresholds unintentionally and adding on to your Medicare premiums. So that's that's one. The QCDs will not show up on your income. So, you know, conversely, I'll give you the other example. Let's say that, you know, you took a $10,000 distribution from your IRA and then you gave uh, that $10,000 to a charity. Well, again, it, the $10,000 is going to be added on to your income, you're going to have to pay tax on that. And then you're going to go and you're going to try to deduct it. But just like we talked about, your standard deduction is is about 25000 And if you're 65 and better, it's actually a little bit higher. So you're probably not itemizing. Thus, you're not going to get any income tax benefit from taking that IRA out, receiving the cash, and then giving the cash to the charity. Much better to just do the QCD with the funds going directly from your IRA directly to the charity. And when I say directly to the charity, um, sometimes literally the check will just be mailed to the charity. We have some clients when we utilize these, they prefer to get the check and then maybe put it in the offering basket at their church or what have you. Um, you can do it either way, but the, the important thing on that check is it's made out to the charity. It's not coming and being constructively received by you, the taxpayer. So that's that's a big, big thing to remember there. And then um, two other things I mentioned about the QCDs. You know, whenever you are itemizing, each state is, is different, um, but most states do not allow you to have a charitable deduction on the state income tax return. So for donating stock or the donor advised fund in the first two examples that I provided, you know, you're not really getting state tax benefits there in most states. There are some exceptions to it, uh, but most states don't allow you that separate deduction. When you're using the IRA money, uh, you're getting both a federal tax benefit as well as the state income tax benefit because, again, the income is not showing up on your tax return. So in Ohio, uh, basically it starts with your adjusted gross income from your federal income tax, and then there's some different adjustments and what have you. The uh, Because the, the IRA, uh, or the QCD, I should say, is not being added to the adjusted gross income, you know, you're getting the benefit over on the Ohio income tax return as well because it's not showing up there either. Uh, and so... Then lastly, and then I'll do a quick recap. I know we talked about uh, several different things that 
maybe feel like you're drinking from a fire hydrant at this point in time. But um, <laughs> I, I do like calling them just QCDs. I find that helpful versus, versus the <laughs> for, alternatives. <laughs> for sure. Um, and then lastly, again, this is for high income taxpayers. But um, when you get uh, 200000 or more adjusted gross income if you're single or 250 or more if you're married filing jointly, uh, there is something called a net investment income tax. And basically, for any dividends, capital gains, interest income, it's adding a, an additional 3.8% surtax on your investment income. So this is, again, this is uh, the investment income that you have from your non-qualified accounts, so your non-retirement accounts. Uh, and when you put it all together, I mean, you could get up to, at least on a, just the federal basis alone, 23.8% marginal rate on uh, that, that type of investment income. Uh, whereas uh, with the QCDs, because you know, if you have somebody that's, you know, we have, you can think of a handful of clients who I just worked on the last week or two, you know, their income, you know, they've done pretty well, they're in retirement, but with pensions, with RMDs, with social security, I mean, their incomes are still in the $200,000 plus range. And, you know, when you put it all together, their investment income is being taxed at you know, a higher rate and that 3.8% is being added onto it. And we still have that, that Medicare uh, income related adjustment be worried about as well. So, you know, using the QCDs for somebody like that could help them uh, avoid, you know, not only those Medicare tiers, but also help them avoid that additional 3.8% surtax on their net investment income. So there's a lot that we talked about for sure. Um, you know, it starts simple uh, with donating stock and not only getting the tax deduction, but also being able to avoid forever any capital gains on appreciated securities. And then you kind of, you know, add another wrinkle in and say, well, hey, you know, if we actually do this donor advised fund, we do the same thing in donating stocks, but now we can do this bunching strategy. We can go ahead and, and maybe do more when we're in a higher tax bracket and dole that out over time, still retain control over it. And we can, because the standard deduction is higher, we don't have to lose as much um, uh, from you know that $15,000 example that I gave because we're going to bunch it. Uh, and then operationally, that donor advised fund's a lot easier too. And then, then the third one was just using the QCDs once you're 70 and a half or better really being able to get both the federal as well as state income tax benefits and being able to better control you know, where your income is going to be, helping to avoid those higher Medicare tiers and helping to avoid the net investment income tax as well. So these are things that, uh, that we, you know, we're in that busy season right now. This is a conversation for probably about two thirds of the people that we're meeting with right now. In aggregate, like I mentioned, a little bit less than half have a direct goal in their financial plan for charity. And giving cash is great and giving in general, and even if it's not cash, giving your time sometimes is even more valuable. But, you know, if you are going to go ahead and be giving um, something of monetary value, there's definitely some ways to go ahead and enhance that where the charity's getting the same dollars, but you're getting a greater tax benefit, just doing a little bit smarter. So, you know, that's, uh, that's something that I hope everybody can take away from today. But, um, you know, as you're looking at doing maybe some year in gifting, which is, most charities get most of the gifts at the at year end. These are all things that you still have time to do before the end of the year as well. I think that's hugely important, Kevin, and remembering that there's when we've got time to make some of these decisions and lots of resources and opportunities uh, to make the most out of them. And that's the smart way to do it. Um, help people while at the same time increasing your flexibility and making your impact go further because 
the more money that you can help yourself save while benefiting your community, the the more generous you can be the following year as well. So there's a lot of uh, certain logic to that above and beyond just the general help of um, benefiting those less fortunate around you. So if you have any questions about something that we've talked about today, uh, feel free. Get in touch with Kevin Krosky. Talk about these kinds of things. Kevin and the team can certainly help you navigate through all of these questions and decisions just as you would with the rest of your financial and retirement plan. 855-TWD-PLAN is the number to call. That's 855-893-7526. Or you can go to truewealthdesign.com and click on the Are We Right For You button to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. That's truewealthdesign.com. Well, Kevin, you better get back to work and uh, come up with something creative to do with those elves for the next day and uh, all the days leading up to the, uh, to the end of the year here. And uh, we appreciate you here in 2020. We've made it through this crazy year, and we'll turn the page to 2021 and see what happens then. I think everybody's looking forward to turning the page. And hopefully, as I, as I get closer to the end of the year, uh, we don't see any more of those pretty police lights that my daughter's talked about. Yeah, let's keep the lights only on the, on the premises at home, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the running joke in the household now, so daddy's getting a fair dose of it. <laughs> uh, funny, funny parting story for you. I, uh, this, it doesn't relate to the holidays, but my mom once got pulled over dropping me off in front of the elementary school because she was speeding through the school zone to get because she was running late to work and was trying to drop me off to, at school. So the whole but by the time the police officer caught up to us, we were literally right in front of the school. <laughs> so there's all these kids getting dropped off. And then here I am getting out of my mom's car to walk the rest of the way to school with everybody watching the police talking to my mom. And all day, all I had heard was, I saw your mom getting arrested, Walter. Oh, man. You know, it blew up. And she tells the story how she was, I get home, and apparently, I don't remember this part, but apparently I got home and just said, Mom, I'm never talking to you again. You got arrested in front of everybody. And she's like, I didn't get arrested. <laughs> but everybody at school saw Walter's mom get arrested. So she, she's never lived that one down. But uh, it's, made, it's made to, for a good story all these years later. I was going to say, you have to bring it up uh, Christmas. You got to tell those stories otherwise they die oh, we will we will absolutely kevin thank you very much appreciate you and your guidance throughout the year and uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you again when we hit a new calendar year 2021 right around the corner all right thank you walter appreciate your help as well thanks a lot that's kevin krosky i'm walter storehold thanks for listening to the show all year if you're new to the program welcome we've got lots of good episodes and topics on tap for you as we'll turn the page to next year on the next episode thanks for being with us and we'll talk to you next time right back here on retire smarter Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.